This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the White House is hoping to make some changes to the federal pay system. So how are agencies doing making all of their data transparent? And those who lose their jobs while serving overseas may soon get some more backup in their corner. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Biden administration says major legislative reforms of the federal pay system should be on the table. That statement comes from the president's pay agent. The pay agent consists of Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, Acting Office of Management and Budget Director Shalanda Young, and Office of Personnel Management Director Kieran Ahuja. They say the current methodology used to calculate federal locality pay ignores the fact that salaries might differ inside local labor markets for different occupations. They say the current locality system may severely underpay some mission-critical occupations while overpaying others. User feedback is driving changes to federal spending transparency. Federal News Network's Jason Miller tells us why. The Treasury Department has taken specific steps to improve the user experience of the USAspending.gov portal. Treasury has added information on unreported data to the website. It created a data dictionary for USAspending.gov, and it provided additional file formats for downloads. But the Government Accountability Office says while these steps are important, more can be done. In a new report looking at USAspending.gov and other websites, GAO found there continues to be a lack of awareness and limitations to data availability and quality. Auditors made four recommendations to Treasury. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. Interior's Inspector General says a whistleblower retaliation claim against the National Park Service by a non-federal employee falls short on both facts and legal standing. The complainant claims NPS attempted to censor a report and then declined to fund a proposed task agreement, extend an internship, and accept a volunteer application that would have allowed the non-federal employee to keep working with the agency. But the IG says the complainant can't claim whistleblower retaliation against the government under a statute in the 2013 NDAA. Rather, they could claim retaliation by their employer. The Government Accountability Office finds mixed progress from agencies making their data open to the public by default and taking inventory of the data sets they have. GAO says part of the problem is the Office of Management and Budget has not issued guidance to agencies on how to meet these goals under the Open Government Data Act. Despite this lack of guidance, four agencies GAO reviewed made progress with their data inventories. Those include AmeriCorps, Justice and State Departments, and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Agencies are under an emergency order to address the Log4J cybersecurity vulnerability this week. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. Agencies have until December 23rd at 5 p.m. to address any instances of Log4J in their networks. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency set the Thursday evening deadline in an emergency directive last week. Agencies have to apply available patches, use a recommended mitigation measure, or disconnect the system by that time. CISA says the emergency directive is necessary because the Log4j vulnerability poses an unacceptable risk to the federal enterprise. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. The Air Force has a new chief information security officer. Aaron Bishop recently took over the Air Force CISO role. A Navy veteran, Bishop has held several positions in commercial industry, most recently at Science Applications International Corporation. Bishop is expected to help fine-tune the Air Force's authority to operate processes for software. 
Air Force Chief Information Officer Lauren Nausenberger says she wants to use more automation and penetration testing to secure networks and systems across traditional boundaries. Service members facing job loss after returning from deployment will see a renewed focus from two of their most staunch defenders. The Labor and Justice Departments updated their Memorandum of Understanding for the first time since 2004 to do more to protect the employment rights of service members under the Uniformed Services Employment and Reemployment Rights Act of 1994. The agreement details new investigative and referral protocols and procedures, updates information sharing protocols and procedures, and permits labor to expedite the referral to justice when appropriate. Congress punted the toughest budget debates until February, but they're a top concern for the Department of Veterans Affairs. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Veterans Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough says VA may have trouble paying veterans benefits through 2022 under a full year continuing resolution. VA and other agencies are operating under 2021 funds through February 18th. McDonough says a full year under those funds would leave VA with shortfalls in community care money. The department would also struggle to hire and train 2,000 new claims processors. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. VA now has a new permanent chief information officer. The Senate easily cleared Kurt Del Benny's nomination for the CIO job. It was one of the dozens of nominations the Senate advanced before leaving Capitol Hill for the holidays. The president's three nominees needed to restore well, the president's three nominees needed to restore a quorum at the Merit Systems Protection Board did not get a vote. The board is approaching its fifth anniversary without a quorum. International holiday travel is picking back up, and Customs and Border Protection says new technologies bring wait times down to even pre-COVID levels. CBP uses more facial biometrics and 1TM mobile application, launched last October, to move travelers across the border faster. The 1TM app is a single portal that directs users to get specific services, including inspection of biological and agriculture products when they enter the U.S., and to help travelers see their I-94 entry status quickly. And the Postal Service agrees to go above and beyond to deliver election mail in the years to come. Federal News Network's Troy Heckman has the details. USPS went through extraordinary measures to deliver mail-in ballots to voters and election boards on time in fall 2020. Now it promises to keep those practices going for federal elections through at least 2028 as part of a lawsuit's settlement. Public Citizen, the NAACP, and its Legal Defense Fund filed a lawsuit last year over concerns the agency wasn't doing enough to ensure timely delivery of mail-in ballots for the presidential election. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.